In this episode, <laughs> in this episode, we talk Avengers Endgame, Game of Thrones, The Long Night, and our list of essential Clone Wars and Rebels episodes. This is Hashtag General. <laughs> We gave you a beat and you still, like, <laughs> you still missed the beat. <laughs> I still missed the beat. I just... Uh, see, I'm behind the camera, right. usually, not in front of the camera. So once again, he said to start. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's just an off day. I was late. You're missing cues all over the place. It's, it's, it's just This is going to be a mess. <laughs> when is it not? <laughs> True. True statement. Uh, how have you been? Good. Um, just a lot of stuff going on, but I mean, otherwise. Yeah, no, I'm good. like kind of in the same boat where it's just like the past few episodes, I've been literally, literally it's like the Friday before we are going to record, and I'm like, oh crap, I haven't put together the topic list. Right. But just I mean, because I've been so busy. This week's pretty simple. Yeah. I mean, there's like, there's like two major things to talk about. Yeah, um, it's, and then... yeah it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Like, it's... I mean, I guess it's good that we're busy, but hey, so why don't we just dive in? James, why, we're going to just start with TV. Let's dig into Game of Thrones. So, um, what do you think of Game of Thrones? It seems like so- the... <laughs> The internet had its its opinion. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have too many of, like, the dark issues of, like, it being too dark. Did you have issues with I kind of did. James, you, did you feel that way while watching it at all? Or I thought, I thought the darkness worked, but it the compression... Yeah. Like, it, the compression is not good in darkness. No, it was... Like, you can, you can tell the streaming was having a problem with the level of dark. Yeah, and then I... But I, I didn't have any problem with it. Yeah, like... Technical reasons right. Techni- I had issues, but not necessarily episode reasons I had issues. I mean, like I had I had an issue with the episode in general. I had I didn't like the episode. <laughs> um, did um, you? Did you? I like- did. I liked okay. the episode. But before we go into it, like I'm kind of glad because of the whole issue with the darkness that I remember sitting there going, "Let's wait till the sun has gone down enough to where our apartment will be dark enough." Right. Like I wasn't like aware it was going to be. The issue was going to be everything's going to be dark as right. much as I was like, let's just have optimal conditions. It looks right. like it's a nighttime battle. And I think that's the only reason I was able to track so much. I watched the episode again on my iPad uh, a couple of days ago and being able to, first off, the iPad is now the best screen in the house. So right. just from going from the TV to my iPad, there was definitely a noticeable difference in being able to pick out small details and see what was going right. on to where... On the watching it on this thing, I had no problem at all with the darkness right. like, in terms of. No, uh, I told I told yeah. you what you're saying. But I, I, that's it's not really a good thing when a broadcast because as much as we will talk about how television is approaching the quality of the theater in um in what you can watch, it really depends on what the TV is, right. and I think this Game of Thrones episode really. It was meant. To, I think it was meant to take advantage of like like HDR and 4K yeah. screens, but like in not those, those aren't highly prevalent at this point. So on my ten year old TV, right. it was not the best. Right, right, right. But all right, dig in. What were your problems with the episode? Uh, I just felt bored for most of it. Like it was just a thing where, 
I felt like at points in time the battle was long because they wanted to to, to be long. Like it was it was long for the sake of being long and long for just to achieve the we have the longest battle sequence of all time thing. Yeah. Uh it just felt really kind of slow paced or poorly paced. Um, I, even when watching, like even when you watch, I went back because I was like, maybe, maybe I'm off here. Maybe it's me. And so I went back and watched like the battles of Battle of Helm's Deep, which is something which they, is what they've even explicitly said. Right. The Battle of Helm's Deep, from and like two I was, an I was fully engaged in that still. And like, there's beats there that I can still recall that entire battle and really kind of talk about points in, in Helm's Deep where I'm like, I love this, I love this, I love this, I love this. And I can like beat by beat tell you what happens in that battle where here it's just like all kind of a mush yeah there's uh, almost too much going on at some points right or like just things that there's many shots of things you don't care about and it's just like okay i don't like i'm kind of past the point of battle sequences being crazy long like it felt like watching a transformers movie where i'm just like please do something story-wise <laughs> and you hit a story beat and you're like great finally we get something cool or a great story beat or a great character and then moment. you go right back and you go right battle. back into a battle and you're like okay i don't want this it just kind of ruined the flow for me um where i would like get emotionally invested in something and then they'd cut away from it and go back to something i don't care about right yeah it's um yeah no it's one of the things I, and again, this is to take nothing away from them as a technical achievement because it, oh, yeah. it looks incredible and it's a, and it's a it's definitely an achievement and something very cool and I just personally did not enjoy the the episode. Yeah. So what what do you got? Because my thing is, I think the big problem I had was like the tactics of the episode. Well, that too. The, that was bad. We're just like, why? Because if you're going to have the Dothraki charge, like the, having the Dothraki charge actually isn't necessarily a bad tactic. And if I, you're love trying... the, I love this. I love the look of oh, like the flames going but away. I feel like the entire thought behind it was we need to have the Dothraki charge. We're going to have their swords all aflame and then we're going to just have all the flames disappear, which is honestly, it's a great visual. But at the same time, if you're looking at Game of Thrones where the books and the TV show have both oftentimes actually delved a little bit deeper into the tactics of the battlefield. Right. It was like, why Why are you doing that? They should have been harrying and harassing, trying to draw the enemy in. Yeah. And it looked like it was just a standard cavalry charge. Yeah. Um, and so it just kind of, I felt that fell flat. Also, the point a lot of people made about how, why are all your uh, trebuchets and catapults, why are they in front of the infantry yeah, line? I- it's just... Move a couple of those scenes around, and I probably wouldn't have had a problem with the tactic s- tactics displayed in the episode, but it just was... There's a lot of points where, for me, the biggest problem wasn't the darkness. It was when, like, Danny and John are in the snowstorm. Yeah. Where it's just, like, you kind of... Yes, they are supposed to have a completely lost... Have no sense of where they are in those moments, but it really just screamed, "Hey, we're on a green screen, and it's not—we're not gonna give you any clue or anything to of what's going on." It's just right, and it's stuff like that that kind of take me out of it. Where it's like, okay, this seems completely here just to have a moment with Danny and John, yeah. rather than like focusing on on a battle sequence that should be happening, right? Um, like it, it just seemed like there's a lack of focus and a lack of like cohesion in the entire episode. Um, yeah. and like even watching the inside the episode, 
at the end of the at the end of the piece of like uh, how they wanted to have like the three very different beats in the battle. Did you watch? Did you watch the Inside the episode? Yes, I did. So like he, where he talks about he wants to have three different beats, or what, I don't know if that was in game. In, that might have been in Throne reveal or Game Revealed. Can't remember. They put like a fifty-minute Throne Revealed going behind the scenes of like how they filmed this battle, which is awesome and amazing. And personally, I enjoyed more than the actual episode itself. Um, but the director kind of goes into he wanted to have different beats of the story of like the middle section where Arya is running around Winterfell is like a horror film. Yes, and you, so stuff like that. Are you wanted and uh, I I got those different beats and I enjoyed those beats. I, I enjoyed moments within those beats but i felt like so, they just lasted too long right? because Where, what was weird especially with the aria horror part my problem with that wasn't that she was in this situation where it's like a horror movie right. it's like at that point if you had told me that nothing like the battle had basically been lost and yeah. everyone had died and Arya is one of the last survivors, I would have believed it in that moment until right. we cut back outside and, and oh still... look, everyone has really good plot armor in this episode. Yeah, and that was kind of my, my uh, another problem of it too of just like, I love the deaths we got. Right? Yeah. I, I, I think every every death that we got of a, of a minor or major character was deserved and earned and it felt great. But they weren't necessarily characters where I was I was going to be worried about them dying anyway, or actually care that they died, right? Where like it didn't mean anything to me that they died. Like, did they die cool? Right, they, Are they, they cool characters? They yeah. picked the characters that it wasn't going to be the most. They didn't kill Rob. Is basically right. what it is. Is they went from, and I think this is honestly any other show. After this battle, no one would be complaining about the fact that all the characters survived. Right. But Game of Thrones has set up so thoroughly the fact that death is never going to come at the time you expect it. Right. Like, life is going to happen regardless of what you think. That having all of a sudden the big fan favorite characters survive that battle sequence kind of feels... Cheapened. Yeah. And again, it's stuff where I would have been fine with it if they didn't try to, like make us feel that way so they put they put Tyrion and Sansa in the in the crypts with like yeah. corpses right and you're like oh okay maybe something's gonna happen and they kind of they they play it like they have they have Viserion fight John, right and stuff like that they put all of these characters that you care about in situations where you potentially think they would die but they never really gave you a moment or a chance to really feel like they were going to die right like they never you never got to the point where you're like worried for them. It was just more of a, oh, here's a sequence that. Yeah, it was. I remember thinking before this episode aired, if you had asked me who was going to survive, I would have been like, I have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> like I would have just went. Yeah. And I think this goes kind of with this entire season so far of like everything's kind of going a little too clean. Yeah. In this season so far, um, and a lot of characters are doing things that I I don't necessarily. I wouldn't have called them doing in the beginning before the season aired, right? Where it's like, okay, this is a little too happy or a little too sort of like on the nose where I think it's going to go. And like, that's a little concerning. Um, now, obviously we can be completely wrong and they could turn it on its head and like yeah. completely flip the script on us, but it doesn't seem that way so far. And I don't really like that. So one thing I will give them is I was tense that entire episode. Oh, really? I was bored. 
I I don't know, James, were you tense at all? Because I remember feeling really tense and like the moment at the very end. By the way, if people haven't figured out yet, spoilers for Game of Thrones and Avengers. Um, yeah. When sorry, we should have said that. We should have said that the at the top of the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, James, what? How do you feel? You can be kind of a tiebreaker here. Like, what? How do you feel? Um, I liked it. I agree with Logan. It was tense, and uh, it definitely helped. I watched it again on uh, Monday. And I liked it more the second time I watched it. I guess because like because it is so tense. I mean that 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 gets to me sometimes. So right um, because it was so tense, I sort of didn't see the episode for what it was. But watching yeah. it again, it, I don't. I liked it. Yeah, it's like I in the moment and while wa- like it's one of those things where I feel like for for me specifically, it's been a hindsight thing. Like the more I think about that episode, the more it falls apart. But uh, right. while watching it. Uh, <laughs> John Knauer. Okay, I'm leaving if you start talking about Game of Thrones. We're already talking about Game of Thrones. <laughs> Did you see John's comment, James? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, he's giving you a compliment on your lighting. Um, <laughs> but um, it's like, again, it's like a hindsight thing for me, where it's like the more I thought about the episode, the more I feel like its flaws showed up. But while watching it, I was... Sure. Literally, the moment Arya jumped and... Out of nowhere, right at the Night King, I was like, "Oh, thank God for her!" I was like, "Like it was like almost like up until that moment, I had no, I was just tense right. the entire time, and that was like my moment of relief." I mean, I I wasn't happy with the fact that we get the this trope. This seems to be like the trope of the decade, where you kill the one big bad and all the other bad get bad guys and their minions die. Right. Well, this one actually makes sense because yes. he's the one raising the dead and he's the one kind of manipulating and controlling. This one, I think it makes sense. Right. I, it's just it's one of those. I think what undermines it is the fact that it seems like every series anymore does this without actually setting up any logical statement for it so it feels like oh they just did it again it's like no 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 they they did it right it's just still kind of slightly disappointing right um and but did you see i guess on a side note with aria did you see any of the internet hubbub on monday yeah on twitter i saw some of it uh i think the one about john yelling go i think that one's real dumb which i don't i don't there's think I saw one, this one there's one there's a there's a shot of him fighting viserion where he he seems to yell go and it, and people are saying that oh he knows Arya's there and he's telling her to go he's like he's like i'm gonna distract the dragon while you go to the to the to to kill the night king like that's sort of the like john tells her to really do that and so i think that's a dumb kind of uh theory on it yeah um there's there's also one where uh there's another theory where Arya had killed one of the white walkers and was wearing one of the masks of the white walkers and that's the reason how she got so close without being detected I also think that one's dumb. Yeah, I don't like that one. I like uh, Nathan's comment on Facebook. It makes sense uh, in terms of specifically the uh, uh, Night King killing and then everyone dying. It makes right. sense, but it would have been nice if they killed a few White Walkers along the way in an effort to get to him. Right. I think the White Walkers kind of... T- I, I saw a post that was like, what's the most useless entourage? Is it the White Walkers or is it the Black Order? And I was like, 
I think at this point the Black Order is more useful than the White Walkers. The White Walkers are actually useless. They're, they've been so scary and intimidating, and it was just like in this one moment, it kind of was like, whoop. yeah. Uh, but I mean, going back to the Arya thing, the Arya thing was my thing is just like they've really played up the idea that she can sneak up on anyone. Yeah, and they they've have. really played up the like even John when she sees John for the first time. John's like, how did you? How did yeah. you? Yeah. yeah, like this has been this has been established. But no, the big thing that broke out and it caught me completely was off the guard. Mary Twitter, Sue thing? The Mary Sue yeah, thing. That's dumb. Too. Like it's I basically this is going to be mine now. Whenever anyone does the because this has been a big thing in Star Wars where everyone's trying to be like Ray's Mary Sue the moment someone makes an argument it'd be like yeah well everyone was also from this cabal of people saying Mary Sue also said Arya was a Mary Sue despite the fact we've been seeing for seven years her get to this point she's the most deserving character to be able to do that we've seen her sort of uh, training montage for the past I know, seven like, years eight years she deserves it more than anyone. Exactly. It makes perfect sense. Right. And it just... Yeah, it's just frustrating that that came up again. Like, And that was the thing that got me. Is it just seemed like it came out of nowhere. Right. That... But I guess, you know, assholes got an asshole. Yeah. It, but, yeah, that was... Okay. Like... My, I think I said on Twitter, it's like, wait, have these people been watching the past seven episodes, or were they too busy being assholes? It's just... Um, right. And a counter to your, which is the most useless entourage, um, again, Nathan on uh, Facebook, uh, the TV show Entourage is still <laughs> the most useless entourage. Um, but oh, man. It's... I think the big thing, and this has kind of been the trend I've seen a lot in like the Game of Thrones fan base is this idea that we had one of the best TV shows ever made for about four to five seasons. And then these last few episodes have been good episodes, but were good seasons of a TV show. But compared to what came earlier, it doesn't feel like it's quite at the same bar. I mean, so I have a slight counter to that. And I could have been slightly biased as well of, I thought the episode before this, like the Calm Before the Storm episode, was one of my favorite episodes of Game of Thrones ever. I agree, actually, 100% Um, with that sentiment. And so, because it gave me, like, again, I'm watching Game of Thrones for the character moments and for these, these character relationships. And so that episode was so much of everything that I wanted in Game of Thrones. So I went from that and then Endgame that week and then into that battle. Where like here's here's one of the one of the best payoff movies I've ever seen. Here's one of the best payoff episodes I've ever seen from Game of Thrones, and then to this battle that I really don't care about and I was pretty bored in. Like I I I think my expectations were a little high, um, and maybe that's why I was bored. But again, I felt this way even about, with like Battle of the Bastards at certain points where I was like, okay, I get I get the fighting. I'm I'm done. Like I need, I need to, mo- you need to move on. Yeah, the problem where you have an hour to fill and only a battle to fill it. Right. You kind of like I can only see shots of white wa- or of of whites charging the castle so many times before I'm like I don't care anymore. Yeah, it's it's been a while since I watched Two Towers, and I think again it's a good one to throw at beca- right. out because this is the one that they uh, themselves the. Have said was a major influence on this episode. I don't think we're in that battle 
the entire time no. it's on screen. And the, I think it does cut away to Frodo and Sam a few times, and I think it definitely does cut away yeah. to Merry and Pippin. And the thing is, too, is that even within, even when I went back and watched Helm's Deep, the battle has a lot of great character moments within the battle. And I know Game of Thrones really isn't that kind of show, right? It isn't the yeah. kind of show where you're going to get banter. But, like, the the Gimli Legolas counting moments where they're counting kills. Um, uh, when Gimli tells Aragorn to throw him because he can't make the jump from the bridge to the... You know what I mean? No. Stuff don't like, tell the elf. Yeah, don't tell the elf. <laughs> like, stuff like that, right? Where it really helps sell these character moments and, like, get you into a different headspace than just, here's uh, three guys fighting CG, whatever, or extras for... 30 40 minutes right right um and that and that's what the battle to for me really turned into was just like here's here's extras fighting for about 20 minutes here's extras fighting and dying so your main cast doesn't have to right and it and (laughs) it it took away from it a little bit and i would have liked to see a little more parody within that um there were some great conversation moments with where we got that with sansa and Tyrion in the crypts which i liked yeah um but again it's just stuff where i wish there were I would have loved for that episode to be a shorter one, and I think it would have been a lot tighter and a lot cleaner. Yeah. Um, shorter, tighter is better, especially right. in this situation. Like, I would have... If you flipped the times around where the long episode was those character moments that we got in the Calm Before the Storm episode, and then the shorter episode was this one, I think that would have been fantastic. Um, but yeah. Again, that's a personal preference, and I understand, like, I, I'm a little bit coming at it from a different angle, but, like... Kind of done with battle sequences. Kind of done. Yeah. It's... Well, I mean, that's just a general problem that you will find anywhere that a lot of people just don't like action battle sequences. It's I love them. I think this one was too long. Yeah. And it... I wonder if it would have played better if it had been not at night, but you needed it to be at night yeah, just from story purposes. But the but thing is, it, I love that it's at night. And I love the lighting elements that they use with the yeah. ring, with Melisandre and the, the Ring of Fire, right? The fire trench. I love that. I think that's great. Uh, I think there's a lot of cool moments in there. And again, not that I don't like the episode. I just thought I was bored at times. And I think there's great moments in those. And I just need them to tighten it up a little. Yeah. Other than that, it's fine. But I think the, the fact that it's so stretched out made it so I was bored. How long Between is that episode? Most, it's Eighty-two it, minutes. Oof. Yeah, and they it, could have done a full. They could have done a standard sixty. I think. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I would have loved you because I would have loved it if they took that extra twenty minutes and, and put it at the end of that. Of yesterday's or not yes, the last episode yes. part. Yes, agreed, hundred percent. I would have. We. This I didn't flip, want that episode to end. No, that episode was fantastic, and I would have loved it if I know it ends on Podrick's song, right? Which is yeah. awesome and it's great. I would have loved for it to. For them to be sitting around the fire doing whatever, and then someone to barge in and be like, they're here. And yeah. Like, and they cut to black, right? Or I, I think we get the three... Do we get the three trumpet blasts? I don't remember. I'll, I'll have to go back to that episode to see if we get the three, like the... One Rangers returning, two yeah. wildlings, three. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, I would have loved something... <laughs> I would have loved stuff like that, where it's like, okay, here we go. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it, I and I think I'm kind of like you, where it's like there are parts I definitely like in that episode, is but uh, you can always wish and hope that someone does better, right? And there's nothing wrong with criticizing it, being like, "Hey, you guys could have done no, this better. absolutely not." I I think, and the thing with with 
Washington Benioff is like they have such tight writing most of the time that this is some, I don't think the like action set pieces are to playing a game with their own strengths. I, I really don't. I think that uh, the dialogue and the character moments are where you really get that. Yeah, it's because I, I, one of my I think I, I finally saw someone grave, give an excellent counter to the online argument that Bignoff and Weiss don't know how to handle character moments by pointing out the fact that some of our favorite character moments in the Game of Thrones series that are not from the books yeah. came from them. Like in the books, it isn't Arya isn't with Tywin Lannister. Right. It is actually. Um, Oh God! It's the uh, Roose Bolton, right? In the book, but we get this amazing thing back and forth because they thought it would work better having those two characters on screen together. So there's a lot of lot of flack that gets thrown at them, but at the same time, it's like no, you there's for every dud moment. How many of those dead moments were for them following a plot point from the books only to realize the plot point was irrelevant for the series, and right. so they just killed it? Right. And I think that... Like the Sand Snakes. Right. And I think the the cool thing that they do is they're willing to take a shot in the dark. And like when you do that, you're going to have some duds, and you're also going to have some massive hits. Yeah. Uh, but I think that more so than their writing, I think they have a great understanding of the characters and a great understanding of the source material. And so it allows them to make a little more, take a little more risks and uh, be a little more successful with those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's just, I, yeah, just think they're going to be doing Star Wars next. I know. I'm super excited. <laughs> Speaking of, hey James, let's switch that up to Star Wars. I, so. want, I want their older public so bad. <laughs> I know it's like now the debate is who's so doing Old Republic and who's not. It has to be them. It has to be. I I I think it's them. It has to be. I, I personally think it's them, but then it leads to the question of what's Ryan Johnson doing. Ryan Johnson's doing something else. They already confirmed he's doing something else. It's not Old Republic. But I don't think they've said a single thing about um The Wise and Benioff one? No, but yeah. we had rumors that they're doing Old Republic and I want it. I want it so bad. So I think this might be one of those cases where I had done the thing and you didn't with the list. Right. So I looked at your list. So uh, anyone wondering, Logan made a list of essential Star Wars Old Republic and or Star Wars, sorry, Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars Clone Wars episodes to watch. And I'm putting a link to them. Whoop, that's not what I want. I'm going to throw a link to them, to the PDF versions of them in the comments. Yeah. So while he's doing that, uh, I was going to do a list. And after looking at yours, uh, I figured I shouldn't because you pretty much hit it on the nose. Um, and the, the thing that I always I always hate about lists like this, because um, I watch a lot of anime, right? So like a lot of times you when you're watching a longer anime or something that's been or like a shonen that's been around for a long time, there's a lot of filler in there because they're waiting for the manga to catch up. Yeah. Right? So there's a lot of filler and there's a lot of like superfluous episodes that don't really matter. Uh, and, and Clone Wars has a bunch of those. Rebels, not so much. But yeah. like Clone Wars has a lot of that. And so the thing that I always hate about it, about like filler lists and like... Uh, non like filler free lists is 
a lot of the time within those fillers, you get a lot of great character moments, or there's like key moments or characters within those that are great. Yeah. And so you lose a lot of that when you only wa- when you don't watch any of the fillers. The thing with your list that's great is you have a good mix of those where you have a lot of episodes that have a lot of the character yeah. balance in there. So to give um, you my organizing methodology for anyone who is looking and following along, basically I created a list for Clone Wars and a list for Rebels where the idea is... If you only watch all the episodes on this list, you basically get a full, complete rundown of each series. But within that list, I also have two tiers. Right. So the black, the ones that are highlighted in black and bolded. So um, in like Clone Wars, I'll pull that one up first. Cool. Like Clone Cadets and Rookies are black. Those ones are the ones where I'm like, if you are only going to watch as few episodes as you can, but you still want to get a full idea of how this series worked and everything in it, watch those episodes. Right. So it's almost like... I, Because there's some episodes in here where I think that they have important arcs or important stories that are worth watching, but at the same time, if they were not in this series at all, I don't think anyone's going to be missing out. Right. Um, and those ones are the ones that are in white. Uh, and I love that, because most if you look at most lists that are like essential episodes it's only the ones that are gonna be in black that you put in black yeah um and i mean the big thing too with like the clone wars list specifically is i think i cut out half of the episodes right um the one downside that i would say about this list is if you are a huge fan of bounty hunters the boba young boba fett episodes and the cad bane episodes are really are basically stripped out right that's probably the only downside of this list, but at the same time, a lot of those story arcs could be, I don't want to say ignored, but if you're trying to just be to have someone sit down and be like, here's a streamlined version of the series, it was the one arc uh, set of arcs that I felt could be cut right. and not negatively impact any of the other ones. Right. Maybe you need a third tier. But then, yeah. see, then you get into weird, like, yeah. But even then, if you wanted to include those episodes in, I think it only adds like six or seven episodes. It's not that true, true, much true, 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 true. getting cut in I mean, that regard. Still, when you think about how long your list is, it's not like six and seven episodes is a lot considering you yeah. only have about like, 30 to 40 episodes in here. Yeah, it's. Yeah, so it's about half. Like, uh, basically. Um, Clone Wars about I think it has around 120 episodes, mm-hmm. and I the list is only 60 long. And then Rebels is has 75 episodes, but the list is about 50 long. Right. Rebels, Rebels is a lot tighter. Rebels is a lot tighter, and a lot of its filler episodes are actually character episodes as right. well, so they're harder to just get rid of. Right, like dude, my favorite episodes, of, my favorite episode of Rebels is the the Agent Callus and and Zeb oh, where Zeb when the they're uh, on the moon on Geonosis, yeah, yeah. on the whole, it's stuck. Um, the one of my favorite episodes is the one that's a totally uh, hugely influenced by A New Hope. The one where it's um, Rex and Kanan have to go rescue Ezra from the Interdictor Cruiser. Oh yeah, I love that episode. <laughs> it's one of my favorite episodes. Um, but I also have a theory. What? Oh, okay. Awesome. I do have another theory on Clone Wars that I do want to run past you. That's an even shorter version of this. Okay. 
because um then again like just for a bit of clarification if you haven't watched our show before which is probably everyone um We've been talking for a while about sharing a list of what we would consider essential episodes of Rebels of Clone Wars. Right. And while I was thinking about it, because I've been trying to convince my sister and some friends that, hey, you should still watch some Clone Wars because there's some really good moments right. in Star Wars in there. And I was like, what if I could only get have them watch 10 episodes of Clone Wars? What would I do? And I came up with, I call it personally, my fives theory. Right. And the theory goes, if fives is a central figure in the episode, that is an episode to watch. And you watch it in chronological order. For for people who aren't that familiar with uh, Clone Wars or Star Wars in general, fives is one of the named clone troopers in the Clone Wars series. And his arcs go through some pretty important stuff in terms of just like that are I would say are integral to what is going along in the political world building of Star Wars. Sure. Um, but an interesting thing about that is if you do it that way I think there's only about 14 episodes. Right. And then there's a few episodes you could drop. Like um, one of the second episodes that features him it's a season one episode where they're on an outpost and they get attacked by uh, commando droids, and oh, they aren't able okay, to get anything yeah, yeah. out, and a lot of his entourage gets killed. Right. It's like, well, we can get rid of that one. And so if you you kind of cut it down, it basically, I think it comes down to you only have about 12 episodes. There's only one outlier character that might require some outside explanation, and that's Asajj Ventress, for people who've, who aren't familiar with the Clone Wars period. She's, again, to give an example of who she is, she's like a, a bad... She's, 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 she's an assassin for Dooku who's trained in the dark side. Yeah, she's bald. She has two lightsabers. She's kind of cool. Yeah, so she's like the one character that people who aren't familiar with Clone Wars will be like, who's that? Right. Because that has the episode where they're fighting on Kamino. But other than that... I mean, you could just explain her as generic bad guy. Yeah. And like, if you're not going any deeper, then that's all you really need to know for that yeah. episode. But I feel like that gives you a good 12-ish episodes that are very solid episodes, because you also have the Umbaran arc, and you have the uh, Order 66 arc. And if you just top that off with the one episode that doesn't have fives in it, the one that's immediately after the Order 66 arc, where Obi-Wan and Anakin are investigating Sifo-Dyas, you basically get a good middle piece right. between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. I could see that. That's actually a really good theory. I was actually thinking of something similar along those lines of, what if you just wanted to show someone Ahsoka? What if you wanted to just tell Ahsoka's story? Right? Like, How many episodes would that take? Um, and... Clone Wars would be quite a bit because, like, you know, she's a, a big part of that series. But because I feel like anyone that's just watching movies knows Anakin and knows Obi Wan and yeah. like can infer and put pieces together of like the between episodes two and three uh, of like their relationship growing. And like, you really don't need to see that yeah. or their character growth um, told. And so, like, if you only showed Ahsoka character growth and character moments how long would that take and i started like really look at it and i was like dude you can actually do it within maybe like 40 episodes um and, and i then, think most of them are in this list <laughs> right most of them are in that list but i mean like you can really take ahsoka and just kind of break her down to 40 episodes and then maybe 10 to 15 episodes of rebels and really get here's ahsoka yeah because um, one of the reasons i was thinking especially like can i boil it down to 10 episodes is we keep talking about 
doing our own little, especially with the lead up to Rise of Skywalker, where we try to marathon right. everything. Right. And it's like, you and I sitting down and like watching all of Clone Wars on our own time is no big deal. Right. I can have it on the background while I do something else. Yeah, exactly. But if, say, we were act- like, because I sometimes would think it'd be nice, especially with the lead up to Rise of Skywalker, to be like, let's watch all the movies. And I was like, well, there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to do like a viewing party where we watch, let's watch 60 episodes of Star Wars Clone Wars. Right. It's like, eh, yeah, no, the only person attending will be me. And this James requires would, homework. Yeah, James would be there only because he lives in the same right. apartment I do. Oh, he would watch. James would watch. I believe I in James. James is giving us a shrug. It's, I'm going to go with probably not. James would pop in, in and out every once in a while. Yeah. He'll ask who's that, and I'll, I'll have to give them like him the ten-minute breakdown, and he'll be like, "I regret every question I just asked." Um, but it was like my whole thing with the ten episodes is like, if there was some way to fit in Clone Wars, because I feel like the Clone Wars TV series is basically one of the best parts of the prequel era. Right. Like I'd want to have something from that in my own little marathon. It's like, how would I do that to where it could fit in and not? take up so much time or require so much effort on the part of anyone who was participating. Right. And trying to just wedge it in. Because you could call it a plus side or a downside. One of the things with the Fives arc is, or the Fives arc, as I call it, is, or interestingly, no Ahsoka. Right. Which would bypass, because I still have had people, when I say you should watch Clone Wars, be like, but Ahsoka's annoying. It's like, that's their reason to not watch it. Right. Still, is they don't want to watch with Ahsoka because they their initial re- reaction to her is still from the movie, from when it came out, where she was not developed yet, not developed yet, and kind of they I think they wrote her younger than they should have. Right. Because once they matured her up, she she's awesome. Yeah. She's awesome. So yeah, that's just. This has been something we've been talking about for a while, so we wanted to share with everyone. Yeah, and I think it's a solid list. I think I think if you're if you're looking to watch uh, Clone Wars or Rebels at all, that's a, a a solid list to start with. And of yeah. course, like if you find yourself really liking it or enjoying yourself, uh, feel free to jump. Oh, and one other and watch everything else. Yeah, but, um, one other note is the Clone Wars list specifically. Is if you if you are diving into Clone Wars and you're not familiar with it, this is just a bit of a, a fair warning. Clone Wars was developed and produced as an anthology series, which means that there are episodes that take place out of order chronologically. Right. The list that I have is in chronological order. So if you are going through and pulling from my list, it actually will tell you broadcast number and all that so that way you could quickly find the correct episode but you're not necessarily going to be watching it on I don't think it's even on Netflix anymore but if you go to load it up and just hit play with the first episode you're not going to actually be getting things in order in order so it's something um, I know I'll make sure to include it in the show notes but starwars.com does have an official chronological list right um, so that's just something to keep in mind if you do end up watching a few episodes and go hey I wanted to go in deeper, realize that a lot of people, myself included, say the way to go about it, if you've never watched it before, is to watch it in chronological order, just because a lot of story beats make a bit more sense. Right. I mean, they try, they do the thing where they try to hide things uh, behind the idea that, like, the like characters know things that you don't because of the way that the order is told. Yeah. Um, and it just makes it hyper-confusing. But I think that's... 
it for Star Wars. Um, All right, Endgame spoilers coming up, by the way. Oh, yeah. Huge Endgame spoilers coming up. So, James, let's switch to movies. Now, he was already on it. <laughs> I look up and it was already switching. There you go. Um, so, Chris... You and I have deliberately <laughs> not talked about this right. movie with it's been each hard, other. I've, I've wanted to talk to someone about this for a while, and like, uh, the only person I have is Jenny and my dad, right? And my dad's like into it and had a conversation about it, and then Jenny's just kind of like, it was good. I really enjoyed it. And I was like, that's, well, that's, that's good that's because much, that's, I think that's, that's where I'm com- at. That's as much conversation as I ever get <laughs> from her. Um, well, if it makes you feel better. It was James. good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. You have James, man. You can talk to James about it. James still hasn't seen Infinity War. Really? James, I think you're going to need a voice up on this. <laughs> Wait. Uh, yeah, I have. So are you, are you like a Marvel person? Are you like invested in this or no? No, absolutely okay. not at all. That's why. Um, <laughs> that's like, it, that's different, right? I think like, the I think... last one you saw in theaters was Thor Ragnarok. Correct. Which yeah. is awesome. What a great one to yeah, see. Yeah, that's, that's a great one to go see in theaters. Um... But, I mean, this one's better to see in theaters because, like, just the the scale of it's incredible. Yeah, Caitlin and I uh, we saw at the Dolby Theater in Burbank. Right. So of course you have Dolby Atmos sound, Dolby Vision screen. So like one of the best images and sounds you can get. And we had when we booked our tickets, we were like, oh, well, because I'd been in that theater before. I'm like, well, I sat in like row. I think I sat in like row D. I was like, well, row D wasn't too bad, so let's try row C. Forgetting that there's a cute, the huge aisle is in between like D and right. C, and we were in C in one of the corners, and it was just like, okay, <laughs> this is not the optimal condition. So did it condition, ruin your experience of seeing the? Film? I wouldn't say it ruined it, but there was a couple times where I was trying to be like, is this an odd cinematography choice or just the angle I'm watching it? Sure. <laughs> have you seen it again since? Or I no? have not seen it again okay. since. I haven't had a t- really had a good chance to see it again. So I saw it opening night. Uh, also on that Thursday, and then I saw it again on Tuesday in IMAX. Uh, I would definitely highly recommend IMAX because that whole freaking movie is filmed in IMAX. Uh, so it just looks gorgeous the entire time. Uh, what a movie. <laughs> um, I cried at least four times. Uh, I choked up a bit. Or at least choked up at least six or seven times. Um there's a lot. There's a lot in that movie. Yeah. Um, and I talked about this too about like the cliche of sticking the landing. This is the definition of sticking the landing. Uh, yeah. When you're talking about something that's been going on for this long, that has this much of a following, that has this much, um, this many characters and elements and storylines to tie up and different things to do. There's a lot in there that's where you could easily mess this up. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, pratfalls they avoided. Right, and they stuck the landing for 90, 95% of it. Like, it's awesome, and it's everything. It's almost everything that I wanted. Um, like So, yeah. Again, spoilers for Endgame. Right. Uh, the moment he, uh, Cap, picks up the hammer. Yeah, I mean, like, as soon as... Mo- <laughs> Thor's like, I knew it! Yeah, it's, but, like, I love it as... I love it as... Not, like, the I'm proud for my friend, but it's the... See, I fucking knew it! I knew like, it! Like, you know what I mean? Like, this, this guy... I knew he could do it. This asshole. 
<laughs> stuff like that, right? Where I, I love those. I, I love, love how it's like, like oh, this asshole, but at the same time, I think part of his joy is, oh, you're about to get your butt kicked. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. And, like, Cat wields that thing like a boss, right? So it's great. Oh. Uh, that gets the that gets the loudest cheer in the theater every time I see it. Um, the but yeah, there's great there's great callbacks in there. It and I I talked to someone about it, and, I, and again, I know it's a cliche, and I put in the review that I wrote on Facebook too. Of it, it really is a love letter to the MCU. Uh, there's so many callbacks, there's so many moments that are recreated, like literally and kind of figuratively too. Um, there's so many like parallels you can draw from other films. It's it's an incredible achievement to have a film like this. Uh, well, the thing I think my big take on this is I think a lot of other series have tried to do this, uh, case in point, Justice League. Right. Where they've tried to have this big, heroic, final showdown battle type thing. And it falls flat because they haven't put in 20 plus films and 10 years of work. Right. Like, Endgame is, I feel like, what Hollywood always tries to do with a comic book film but fails when they do it. Like, right. um, X-Men Apocalypse. Right. Is, I think, a big example of that. Where it's right. supposed to be this big, climactic, final showdown. Well, like, and so, it just, like, it always seems to fall flat, whereas MCU will just, like you said, it's stuck the landing. Right. And, like, this is something that I've always, that uh, someone brought up the other day of, uh, it's like that big fight scene at the end of Ready Player One. Where you're like, there's Godzilla and Gundams and every character that you like know in pop culture, and they're all fighting each oh, other. Oh, he's flying and it's in awesome. on a firefly. Right, and it's awesome and it's amazing, right? But I don't give a shit about any of these people. Right. And then and then you watch you watch Infinity War and you're like, oh my god, it's all the characters that I really care about because I've fight. been because I've been watching them for ten years. Right, and it's every character I've wanted fighting, and it's so cool. And brings as soon as Cap says Avengers Assemble and that charge happens and you see every character start to split off and fight sort of in their own pockets and like yeah. interact with each other and do all this other stuff. Like it it I choke up every time I see it. Dude, it, it's one of those moments where the moment it happens, you're just like Oh shit. Your mouth is wide open for that last yeah. forty minutes. It is incredible to watch. Yeah, it was I in the theater I was kind of like, "Oh, oh shit. This is about to get crazy." Yeah. Though I I, I need to watch it again cuz I again this is a cond- state of I'm not sure if my seating condition was impacting me or sure. if it was the film itself, but I there were points in that fight where I was having trouble keeping track of everything going on. Right. I guarantee you it's the angle. Yeah. Um cuz there's a lot going on there and especially if you don't have optimal viewing angle, you really can't see everything's going on. But still was kind of just like the moment you and that's the thing too is I actually at one point because everyone's been theorizing for a while that Steve Rogers was going to meet his end in this movie sure. like the moment where the shield is broken Cap is still standing and he's about to fight it I thought he was going to die I thought he was going to die I thought it was going to be one on one him and Thanos because he's just not going to give up right because that's not what he would do right and I, and I was a little disappointed because I did want the, I did kind of want that fight. No, I I wanted I wanted the Avengers Assemble moment, right? So I want like and I I they'd been building that for so long and teasing that for so long that I wanted that moment. And so when he pulls the strap tighter and he's ready to go into that final battle, I was like, "Damn, is he really going to die here?" 
before he gets to say Avengers Assemble? Like, are we really going to get that? Oh, and I then... didn't think... It was one of those cases where I wasn't sure if he was going to die in that moment before he said it, but it right. was one of those ones where I, I felt like he was probably going to be, like, a bloody pulp. Right. After that fight with Thanos, Thanos is going to monologue because, you know... Sure. That's what needs to happen. And then we get a killer moment, but I thought it was... I thought we were about to see the end, but then... The on your left. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. It's what a callback, right? Like the on your left. I, the there's a couple problems. I had. like I had not a problem, I guess, but I was a little sad that we didn't get uh one. Like, we get the panning shot of everyone. Uh, I would have loved to see one big wide with everyone. Yeah, that was one thing I was thinking about. That's uh, something I know Joss Whedon had made a big point of in Avengers. In the Avengers mo- the with movie, the circle shot, the circle shot, right. and again in Age of Ultron with Age the, of Ultron with the he, jump with the with the well, they have two moments in there. There's mm-hmm. the turnaround and there's the one at the beginning. The one at the very beginning around. where they're in the fight, and then at the end when they're in the church, right? In Age of Ultron, where there is this one shot that is showing them working as a unit, and right. I don't feel like we really got that. In this no, movie. it's everyone kind of working. Together. The closest we get is the female moment. Yeah. Um. Which I, I thought was incredible and awesome. Yes. Uh, one of my favorite moments of the entire film. And I love how it's uh, kind of symbolic in a way of... So obviously Captain Marvel doesn't need help yeah. getting through that. Because she can just... If you notice too, and I laugh... No, she got punched. I, well, no, I laugh every time because she go Like, Peter Parker hands her the gauntlet and goes like... He tries to introduce like, himself? Well, no, he goes like, I don't know how you're going to get this through about all there, right? And they all the all the women come over and they're like, oh, no, she has help. And they all go. But, dude, she flies right past all of them and just blows her way through the, the whole thing. Because she can, right? Because yeah. she's so strong, she can. Dude, I love the punch that she takes from Thanos. And she's just like, is that it? He has oh, to, no, the headbutt. The, yeah, or the he- headbutt. And just, like, not even phased. So yeah. he has to use the power stone to punch her. Well, I love... What a, what a move, right? To, like, take the take it out of the gauntlet that she's holding and then punch her with the other fist. What a great move, right? Yeah. Uh, but, no, I, I think it's it's a great symbolic thing of... Sure, she doesn't need help to to get it to the to get the gauntlet through that army but there she has the other female heroes kind of helping pave the way yeah and it is sort of a symbolic thing at that point um which i thought was great the only sad part to me was that uh scott johansson wasn't didn't get to be a part of that moment because yeah. she i i love the moment she had i love the sacrifice moment um that kills me every time too uh but i think like I understand wh- for story reasons why she's not there. I understand for sort of like it's a better film that she's not there because she does get her moment. Yeah, but, they're right in her ledger bit. Right, they're letting her ledger bit and like sort of the getting the only family back that she's ever had kind of a thing. Um, and and I love I love it. I, I think her arc is perfect the way it is. But I would have loved for her to be in that final battle and like have that moment with them since she is kind of the first one. I guess this is a question I I had the moment. She died. I was like, so wait, isn't there a Black Widow movie in development, or is prequel. that just, okay? So it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. still in development. Okay. So I would assume the rumor is it's a prequel, and it's the it's goes back to the flashback that she had for Age of Ultron, where she's in the Red Room mm. and training and doing all Red that Room stuff, training right? and then Budapest. Right. Maybe. Um. And uh, yeah, maybe it ends with her meeting Hawkeye and her and him kind of inducting her into Shield. Right. Maybe that's a thing. But yeah, no, I. I really enjoyed it yeah. when I went to see it, but 
this is something that I've been thinking about because I, I almost view, and I think we've talked about this. I don't think we've talked about it on air, but I think we've talked about it. How I almost kind of view Star Wars and Marvel in two different tiers. Sure. Um, and I was trying to put into terms, and this might not be the best term for it. And it, personally, I think it's a little derogatory given how much I enjoy the Marvel films. Sure. But I was thinking about how often it seems like the Marvel movie comes out, everyone tells the jokes for about two months, then the next trailer comes out, and then the jokes from the last movie kind of die off, and then the new jokes take over. Sure. Are the Marvel films, for as much as I enjoy them, are they a meme blockbuster? No, I don't think so. I think, like... Because those films still hold up, and they and people still talk about all the old films, yeah. too, right? And I think the thing with Marvel that makes it so unique and special is it's the idea that when a new one comes out, there's such a spike in activity for all of the old ones as well, whether it's Netflix or, like, even going on, like, torrent sites and you see what people are downloading and things like that, right? You see everyone's... Like, dude, if you go if you go on like a torrent site right now and you're like, what what are people downloading right now? It's all the Marvel films because they're they're watching it after Again. watching Endgame, right? And it's something that, and I think Netflix even put out a thing of like, hey, all these Marvel films are like, if you go on if you go on Netflix, like the front page is all Marvel, right? And so I think that when a new film comes out, it just reinvigorates the appetite for the other films as well. Uh, and you see a lot of the jokes come back, and I think that they're self-referential enough where, like, dude, the Hail Hydra joke in here, right, yeah. is one of the one of the most perfect callbacks and setups I've seen in any film. Oh right? yeah, the moment he runs into them on the elevator, I'm he like, run- are we getting the elevator fight again? Right, are we getting the elevator fight again? Because they set it up; it's shot the exact same way. The the moment of the big guy with the ponytail grabbing his gun, right? There's the same... Everyone in there is the same extra. The black guy that's there with the bead of sweat running down his his uh, face. They don't do the bead of sweat moment. But he's there next to Cat where he was yeah. before. Uh, Rumlow's in the same spot. They have the same conversation. And then they, they completely turn... They set it up like, we're going to give you this fight again. And then they turn it on its head. And then he's like, oh, he learned. Yeah, he knows how to. He knows how to. He knows this scenario right now. Uh, the best because <laughs> right now this scenario isn't fight them. It is get the thing right. the The best. The best thing I saw was there's a meme that was uh, playing. It was like the scene from Winter Soldier is like playing through the level the first time, and it's the scene from Endgame. And it's like playing through it the second time when you know how to beat it, <laughs> like, stuff like that. Right, where it's great. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, they. To me, it was. It shot straight to the top of my tier list, right? So I think now it has supplanted Winter Soldier finally as as my top MCU film. Uh, and I I was reluctant to do that at first because I didn't know... Cause, dude, Winter Soldier is infinitely rewatchable. I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, and so seeing Endgame the second time, I got choked up in even more moments the second time. Uh, and I was fully engaged the entire time. I caught a lot more stuff that I hadn't caught before and like it made me want to go see it again like i want to go see it another three or four times before it comes out of theaters i think it's it's a movie that i was scared wasn't going to be rewatchable and then what and then now going back and rewatching it it is it's it's something that it, i just keep i want to keep going back and seeing it right and it, and that to me made it 
shoot straight to the top of my list. Um, but yeah, I, I think to, there's no even thinking going back to it, and, and I really took time to like think through all the beats of it. And there's no, it's three hours long, but there's no wasted time there. It's one of the few times you can go to a three-hour-long movie and you're not sitting there going, well, you could have cut this, you could have cut right. that. You... There's only one sequence in there that I could have cut, and I, it's, to me, one of the best scenes in the movie. And I was like, I, okay, I understand why they didn't cut it. And it's the sequence of Cap in the uh, support group. Yeah. You really don't need that scene because you understand the devastation and you understand how that affects people. No, I would actually disagree. I would say that scene needs to stay in for his character. Sure, for his character. The one scene I would have cut, if I had cut any scene, would have been the... Because I got... if I think it would have been a nicer mystery if they were like, you're going to tell us about the girl, if they didn't cut to him oh, okay. with her. So my That's da- the only so, one I would have cut. So my dad had that same thought of like, they should have just ended it with uh, Cap saying, like, are you going to tell about her? No. And then cut. Yeah. Right. And I agree with it to a certain extent, but to me, it's the payoff. It's not the payoff of seeing him with Peggy because we understand that he's with Peggy, and I just like we we know, right? It's not. Yeah. We don't need. We don't we need the validation. I, it was one of those right? cases where I felt like we didn't need to see it to right. know that it was her. We don't need to know. Well, we don't need to. We we understand that it's her. We don't need to see it. But I needed to see it, and I needed to see not him with her. I needed to see them dance. Yeah, because it was their da- to me, the dance that they never got. Right. To me, it doesn't has nothing to do with, oh, we know it's Peggy. To me, it's he got his dance. And that made me happy, and that made me... that com- To me, completed his arc, right? Because all he wanted the entire time, the only thing he wants is that dance back. Yeah. Right. And so, yes, you can insinuate that they're together, but to me, it's different of them being together and them specifically showing us the dance, right? That's, to me, the important part. Fair argument. Right. Yeah. No, I guess my whole thing with, like, the to go back to my whole meme blockbuster thing is I sometimes find that as much as I enjoy watching a Marvel movie, I'll watch it, like, once or twice in the theaters. I'll watch it a couple times at home. Mm-hmm. And then I usually won't go back to it. Like, I can't remember the last time I watched any of the Iron Man movies. Right. Or Avengers. Right. Um, I, think, I think we're just different, because, like, yeah. I... I consistently have those on repeat so like i'm if i'm bored i'll throw one on yeah but i i think also part of it too is because you know may the fourth was yesterday so star wars of course has been on my mind sure it is as much as people like can disagree over whether or not the last jedi was successful the big theme with the last jedi is that lucasfilm took a risk over the storytelling right that i don't think marvel would have in their standalone films. I think that, to me, is the big difference between Star Wars and Marvel. Sure. Is that there's more of a... I enjoy Marvel films. Sure. They're, they're formulaic, like them, to a certain They're extent. formulaic, and I think... But I think... I think Film-wise, I think Star Wars has transcended from being a blockbuster to, like with Empire Strikes Back specifically, right. goes from blockbuster to wonderful piece of cinema. Right. And I don't feel like I can make that argument with any of the Marvel no, films. No, not yet. And the thing I think we have to realize is like as much as it seems like a decade's a long time and it is a long time and it is a lot of movies Star Wars has had 
four decades of yeah. this, right? So, I mean, they've had time to evolve and grow and sort of see their process and understand and, and be a part of this cultural... They, they are a part of the, the cultural zeitgeist, right? Like, they, yeah. are, they are embedded in our culture of, like, world culture, right? And I think Marvel is there as well. I think the the movies are so young at this point and i think that while they are a huge part of the culture they're not cemented, cemented the way yeah, star that's wars been is my, yet but my um, question is of like endgame was it let's like hypothetical right. endgame was the last marvel movie sure all of a sudden disney's like you know what we don't like money and they just sure. stopped making marvel films i was sitting there going a lot of the reason star wars stuck around is because it kept coming back right but 10 years from now if this had been it would marvel have the same cultural impact in 10 years as star wars did 10 years out from it right and i admittedly we will never know the answer to that because uh i wouldn't shock me at all if someone has a calendar for 30 years out sure. with the marvel schedule it's, but, in, it's in kevin feige's drawer yeah, somewhere J- kevin feige's drawer somewhere someone at disney has like the calendar of the next 30 years of releases and well, 90 percent of the we, marvel films I mean, but, we know we know the next like three to four years yeah so, so it's not like we're ever going to know the answer to that but hypothetically i sometimes do wonder if it's, again, it goes to my idea of are these a meme blockbuster? Sure. Is... I mean, I would think it's different. Like, what if, what if this was twenty two films over twenty two years, right? Yeah. Or twenty two films over forty years, where we get one every other year, right? Would that change things a little? Possibly. Because I, the... I think the problem is like, Endgame's great, and it had a, it's going to have an impact culturally. Yes. Uh. And I think that just the how great the film is, I think it's going to sit culturally a lot better than the other ones will. And I think the way that it wraps up stories, I think it will. But we're going to sit with that for two months, and then here comes Far From Home. Yeah, right? that, that's, I think, the big advantage Marvel has. That It's always in the conversation. It's always going to be in the conversation. Right. It's never going to not be a part of the conversation. Right. And as long as it's always a part of the conversation, it's going to be culturally relevant. But Right. But I think, like, in terms of your thing of staying power, I think these characters have staying power, right? Like, obviously, because they've been around for 50, 60 years at this point, right? But I think the films, the problem, again, is, like, dude, with Star Wars, how many times have I watched A New Hope? How many times have I watched Empire Strikes Back, right? And it goes back to, we had nothing else, right? But I I think my thing is... People will still make a Luke, I am your father reference. Right. The same way they will make a, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Or right. they will make a again, play it again Sam reference. I I don't know if a lot of the Marvel references have existed. Like, they are strong and they're prominent on the internet. But if you go outside of our internet geek group right. and go to random person up on the street and said on your left how many people are going to get the reference right so i think there's a couple reasons for that like i'm getting like i'm kind of getting to is there's two where it's at a point with marvel where these films don't have enough time to sit by themselves where you're not going to watch it over and over again because you have other things to look forward to right yeah. so it's like uh marvel's constantly f- not only fighting for your attention against other people, but also fighting against themselves for attention. Because as much as I want to watch Endgame a hundred times, I'm probably going to watch Spider-Man, and then Spider-Man is going to be my new thing to go watch. You know what I mean? Like, and so 
there's just not enough time to like sit with these films for a long time uh, because they're always constantly being replaced with the new Marvel yeah. film. Uh, so you don't get something that's going to carry. Also, I think that there's so much Marvel that like if you're someone like James, that like this is like James is not an uncommon thing where they've seen like one or hold two. On, hold on, hold on. Just a bit of clarification. James is amazing and he's very rare, but when it comes to knowledge of Marvel... Right. Like, like when, in terms of, like, Marvel people, James is not an uncommon thing where you've only seen maybe a handful of them and you're not super invested, right? Yeah. Where Star Wars, if you've... Like, there's not a lot of investment time in star wars and you've had 40 years to invest so most people have seen star wars or at least the original trilogy to where there is a cultural relevance there or at least the the lines have resonated enough or they've been around long enough like the whole luke i am your father bit. it's like even if they have never seen star wars they know know that that bit right and so the idea that marvel a hasn't been along that around that long and b there's so much of it that it's hard to keep track of if you're not on on the nose with it. And so there's just a a breadth of content where you're like, I'm completely lost. Like if you, you can't start you can't watch Endgame without seeing the other ones yeah. because you're just not you're gonna be so confused at some of these. Yeah, moments. no, it's not a standalone piece. No. You're gonna be so confused, right? Uh, yeah, you need to watch Thor the Dark World. <laughs> yeah, they made Thor the Dark World relevant. <laughs> It's so weird. The the movie at the top of my tier list reference and has a scene set in the worst lowest movie on my tier list. What? <laughs> How? It made me go back and watch Thor the Dark World. Seriously, cuz I went back and I watched it cuz I was like, dude, there's this okay, there's a scene in there with Natalie Portman, right? And uh, there's a, okay, spoiler, whatever, we're talking spoilers this what? entire time. What? The, the, <laughs> so there's, there's, there's a scene of Natalie Portman getting off of a sofa, and then Rocket Raccoon's behind her ready to, like, stick her with a thing to, like, take the stone out of her, right? The, <laughs> I had to go back and watch Thor the Dark World to see, is that a new scene? Did they get Natalie Portman back to get off of a couch? And yes, they did. That's not Rocket Raccoon. Superimposed in a shot. I looked into it more. What it is, is they brought her back for ADR. All the footage was unused footage from Thor to the Dark World. Okay. So she was involved, but she didn't have to go on set. She just had to go to a a studio booth in Burbank. Okay. Fantastic. Because I was literally literally like, did they rebuild this set so that she can get off a couch and then superimpose a (laughs) raccoon behind her? But no, okay, cool. If it's unused footage, that's great. Yeah. Okay, it makes me feel a lot better about the way the budget was used for this film. Because <laughs> I had that same question too. I was just like, I don't remember the like. Middlely, I haven't watched Lord Rock World since it was in theaters. But at the same time, I was just like, I don't remember this se- entire sequence no. at all in Father Dark World. And this is. I think new footage of Natalie. Did they bring back Natalie? Like, how much did Natalie Portman get paid to come back? Like, dude, one, this, one million dollars. Dude, this this literally this literally has the last the last shot that Robert Redford ever filmed. I know this. This is the craziest <laughs> thing to think about. How Robert Redford is retired from acting, so his last movie is Avengers Endgame. Yeah, dude. Uh, the. The Russos, it's either the, Ruf- the Russos or Mark McFeely talking about Robert Redford, and they're saying, "Yeah, uh, they he filmed Endgame, did his scene, and then was like, that's it.' Like he literally said on set, like that's it.' 
<laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> what a movie. No, it's it's again they put in the legwork. Yeah. And it's the dedication to sticking with the story for so long. Yeah. Um Yeah. There there's a lot of moments that get to me. Like the I have to shout it out just because if I don't, Caitlin, who probably won't watch this anyway, will still be like, did you bring it up? She loved Fat Thor. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think like the trope of making him fat is like really easy. I think that's sort of like a easy joke. My, my thing is the, that I loved with it is the commitment to it, right? Yeah. That um, was, I don't think the thing was, oh God, he's fat. It was, it was the, like, just the dedication, <laughs> the dedication to the because to, to, you're waiting for, all right, he's, they're going to have a training montage, he's going to get fit again. Or, like, hey, they're going to do a thing where, like, when the lightning hits him and he summons both weapons, like, he's, he's gonna just going to, like, he's going like, to get shredded. Yeah. <laughs> but then, no, he just does it, and then he's still fat. fat. He's fat through the whole, like, end battle sequence, and it's great. Um, no, dude, the moment that gets me every time, and maybe it's me having a daughter, but it's the thing of uh, when she's sitting with Happy at the end, and it's... Oh, the, I'm going to buy you all the cheeseburgers? Yeah, it's it's... And everyone always goes to, like, the moment everyone talks about is the, uh, your dad like cheeseburgers as the line. No. Yeah. To me, it's the line, I'll get you as many cheeseburgers as you want. Yeah, Because exactly. you understand, like, it's the thing of Happy saying, I took care of your dad and your dad took care of me. And, and it's yeah. my turn now to take, to help him and take, like, my final act of friendship and, and kind of partnership with Tony is going to be to take care of you now for the rest of my life, right? Okay. And it gets to me every time. Slight theory about uh, Spider-Man Far From Home that has been percolating in my head. So, we know that Peter Parker disappeared, but we don't know that uh, Aunt May yeah. or if Happy disappeared. Oh, you think they... they were... <laughs> I think because the whole awkward bit in the trailer where he's like, yeah. what was going... I wonder if they <laughs> they got together oh, in the five-year period. That's a weird and one. And then they're like, how do we tell Peter... <laughs> That's a weird one. So, uh, also, there's like there's like problems here too. Like, the, oh god, like how everyone in his class apparently got dusted. Yeah, like so. I, my thing was so obviously when he goes back to school, Ned kind of tears up and cries seeing Peter again. My thing was, is it just that they're emotional that they're uh, finally all back alive? Because they didn't, they don't know. Right? Yeah, they have like, no idea. He, he even said it in the movie. Yeah. He's like, yeah, the yeah the wizard said that we yeah, it's been like, five so they years don't, and, we need, and then that yeah, Iron they, Man needs us. They don't know, right? So like, they don't know that they've been dead. But like, but then, the entire class apparently right. just got dusted. And so they're doing it for the age reasons, of course. But like, obviously they're not. They all. But why would Ned be so emotional if he had no idea? And I guess it's emotional just of like the idea of everything being very emotional but also the way they played the scene was like that ned didn't get dusted and so now peter's back and so like how long was he held back <laughs> right i mean it just that, that's the way the scene played but yeah obviously that's not the case but i mean it it reads differently right uh but yeah i uh, other than like small issues like that like nitpicky things yeah dude, I, to me it was the the master class of like what these films could be yeah so I, I do wonder, because looking at what the last two Avengers movies have accomplished, I think... It's going to be hard to come back and it's do gonna another be one. Come, hard to come back to top this. And at the same time, it seems like the only times 
that a lot of these films actually kind of give deeper character moments is when they have an Avengers movie where there's a two movie arc. Right. And I think that's, I mean, we have character movements in the standalone films, but it's, well, I think that's kind of the beauty of Marvel where it is. I consider Marvel, the cinematic universe, like a TV series. Yeah. And like, that's kind of the way they are. Um, this is uh, this is like the this season three Buffy finale, right? Like it 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 is just like a big TV show, yeah. Um, which I love, and and like the thing someone brought up the other day too was they really set themselves they're setting themselves up perfectly for Young Avengers, yeah. Uh, and and a lot of the Netflix rumors are really talking to that as well. So like for anyone that doesn't know, Young Avengers are what it sounds like it's like a young team of avengers and so cassie lang is a part of that group they aged her up right uh maria rambo's daughter i forget her name but she's in captain the little girl in captain marvel uh obviously that was set in the 90s so, so she she's, could be... she's now older yeah uh, she's on that team as well um kate bishop who's hawkeye's protege is also part of young avengers which they could do his daughter at this point yeah which they showed her training up or there's a rumor that well, that was rumored for a while yeah, that that's a, what was going on yeah. they didn't we're like is this his daughter or is he training someone to be right hawkeye? And, then, and then kate bishop is rumored to be in the new hawkeye netflix series or not uh, sorry uh, disney, Mar- plus. disney plus series yeah um so that also sets up well we also now know how they can do a loki series right uh so there's a there's a lot of different things that they could be doing here. Also, they set up a multiverse. Yeah, like for really for the first time in any of the Marvel right. films, like they actually. I mean, they, I think they, Strange hinted, they hinted, at, hinted it, at it, but this one really set it up. Right, dude, they got Tilda Swinton back to do like a pretty prominent role in this film for like one scene too. That's right. what's crazy is like I did not expect that. Dude, it this film's awesome. <laughs> they yeah. brought they got so many people come back. Uh, and I think that it wouldn't have been the same if they didn't do these moments. And it would, it, they, you could see the attention to detail and like the the love and care that, that was put into this film, and and it comes across on screen, right? Um, I loved it. I, I can't I can't gush enough about this movie, <laughs> really. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's like, the closest we're ever gonna get to a comic book on screen. Yeah. And the thing, that's the thing is, I remember, that's been kind of like the story of Avengers, the film specifically, the Avengers in MCU, right. has been the idea that they are the closest to, like, what craziness can happen in a comic book series. Right. Can only really happen in the Avengers standalone, or right. the Avengers pieces. Films. Or Civil War, which or is Civil kind War. of like a, a, a uh, Avengers, Avengers Light. 2.5. A, Avengers Light, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I'm, I'm excited for where they're going, uh... I want to see, I want to see where they go from here because we know, so we know we have a couple, we have like three or four sequels coming up. So we have we have Spider Man coming up, Doctor Strange two, Black Panther two, Guardians three, which now I'm super excited for because it has Thor in it. <laughs> uh, and the As Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, someone brought this up. Someone someone said that they really want it to be called As Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. Oh right? God, they should totally do uh, that. They want that to be the title. But also, I mean, one of the main reasons these people stop doing these films, one, because it's a lot of time investment and it's a lot of time to be one character for, you know, and... and it's not, decade, yeah. Right? Uh, but the other part of it is like, dude, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Hemsworth don't really want to work out 
It's the same problem that the Hugh Jackman had playing Wolverine. Dude, it takes a lot of work to be that jacked all the time. All the time, right? To be ready to film these things. And so I could see that being exhausting on your life. Uh, and just kind of at a certain age, you just get tired of it and want, want to move on. But, dude, if they keep Thor fat, Chris Hemsworth can do these for a long time. Yeah. Like a long time. And be- I honestly thought they were going to keep uh, Mjolnir. Or- Mjolnir? No, Mjolnir. They put, they, How, it they, depends they, on who, whatever they franchise you're in. They put it back. But at first, I thought that they were going to keep it, and that was going to become like Valkyrie scene, and we were going to get uh, like what they did in the Thor comics where oh, female hey, Thor. Right. But... No, it has to be Jane Foster. Uh, the, so, like, uh, I love the idea that they're keeping legacy characters, too. So, like, for anyone that doesn't know, legacy characters in the comics refer to the idea that Captain America is a legacy character. It won't always be Steve Rogers, but the legacy of Captain America carries onwards. Same goes for Iron Man. There are multiple Iron Men. Iron Man is the legacy. And then yeah. the character of Tony Stark is the one that can come and go. So, obviously, with him passing the torch to Falcon, like he does in the comics, then they're they're taking this idea of legacy characters into the MCU, which I love. Yeah, the, um, it's the, the the title can be inherited. Right, the title. And, and so, yeah, so that's basically the thing of it. Um, but, yeah, so we know uh, we have those sequels going on. We have Shang-Chi being in pre-development. I think that has a director at this point. I think they did announce a director. I don't um, remember who. There's uh, a Black Widow prequel that we talked about. Scarlet Witch just got announced that she's or rumored. Worst rumor or worst kept secret ever because everyone talks about it, but they're not allowed to officially talk about it. Uh, but that she's going to be a producer on the film as well and uh, possibly looking for a director, maybe her. Hmm. Um, so she could be starring, producing, and directing in this Black Widow film. Which could be very cool. Okay. Uh, and then the uh, we have Eternals, which is going to have Angelina Jolie, from what the rumors are telling us. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Uh, they tease Neymar in uh, Endgame. The uh, earthquake in the Atlantic. Yeah. They tease Neymar in there. Uh, and there's a couple Though other Though I don't know if they're going to use Neymar. I think it was like a... It might have been just an earthquake. Neymar rights are still with Universal. True, but they could. So, I think they're just seeding things in very slowly here. It's the. Uh, it's. The, it might be the same Hulk exception. Yes, where the character rights are still held by Marvel, but a standalone film would be held by Universal. Right, so they could very easily do a Hulk thing with him, uh, and I think the Hulk and Neymar rights revert back very soon if they don't do anything with them. Am I wrong? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. It could be one of those cases where... Well, first off, I don't think Universal... Universal would probably only fight for it because they probably just look at it as, well, Disney's going to pay for it. We might as well make money off it. But I don't think they have any plans to make anything with either of those characters anytime soon. And so, like, I think they're maybe seeding stuff in down the line just in case. Because remember, dude, Wakanda got referenced in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Right? Wakanda. Wakanda. And that, that got referenced... A full, what, 10 movies before we got Black Panther? Like, you know. The, yeah. The Marvel's been very good about making the world pretty consistent about planning ahead. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'm very excited for where they're going. I think that uh, this is such a big, bombastic kind of finale. I'm very excited for them to go back and scale it down a little bit. Uh, 
they made the universe bigger, but that also means you can more easily tell a smaller story. Right. Uh, there's a there's a rumor of a speaking of your multiverse thing. There's a theory that so there was a leak or a rumor that a trailer for Far From Home is coming out soon. The Tuesday. rumor I'm hearing is yeah Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. So Tuesday, and then in that trailer, Nick Fury refers to it comes with a spoiler warning. Apparently, right. that's so, the theory is that the trailer for Far From Home right. comes with a burned in spoiler warning right. for Endgame. So the the idea that Magneto or uh, Mysterio, sorry, not Magneto, Mysterio, but they both wear fucking things on their head and they have capes. The, and they both M. Yeah. So Mysterio, uh, Nick Fury says that Mysterio comes from another multiverse or mul- another dimension, something like that, another Earth. Yeah. And so that could be another seed of like this multiverse thing. Dude, it's also probably how Loki is going to come back for right. the Loki series. And the thing is, too, and people got to realize, a couple more Doctor Strange films and we're there. Couple like oh, that, I don't even think we need two. I think we could just do it in one because like everyone, everyone wants the next big bad. I want it to be Doctor Doom. Obviously, they're not set up for that because they have to set up Fantastic Four and all kinds of other stuff. And like, yeah, Doctor Doom is the obvious choice for the next like kind of Thanos big bad behind the scenes character. But if you're gonna do another one, it has to be Galactus, right? Because they have the rights to that. They've really set that up, and everyone's kind of arguing that they really haven't had done enough cosmic stuff to set up Galactus. And I was like, dude, a couple more Doctor Strange movies, one Guardian of the Galaxy movie, you're, and you're good. You're there. You're, you're there. You're well, good. Gonna be, he's going to show up in Captain Marvel. Yeah, I mean, I'll, we're like, good. Dude, to, to a Captain Marvel's movie, a Guardian's movie, and a Doctor Strange movie, you're telling me you can't set up Galactus with those three? You mean? Like, it's it's, it's literally right there. They're, they're probably going to wait until after they set up Fantastic Four. Because then you can set up Silver Surfer, too. Yeah, you can set up so much by setting up Fantastic Four. God, give me a good Fantastic Four movie. I want it so bad. Let Jonathan Hickman write it. <laughs> you know, it's gonna, they're going to be like, someone is going to jokingly leak a rumor that it's going to be directed by Tim Story again. Well, dude, I want. I still want the rumor, and it's it's been a rumor forever. But I want I want the uh, John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, uh, Mister Fantastic, and Invisible Woman. So bad. I I, I can see that. I want that so bad. Because I, I, that's the question I've been wondering. Are we going to have a young Reed Richards or are we going to have a middle-aged Reed Richards? I would think a middle-aged Reed Richards. Yeah. I would think like a, a, a around Doctor Strange kind of uh, age Doctor Reed Richards. But yeah. dude, think about it. John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are A, married in real life. B, have, are both great actors and, and give, like Honestly, give John Krasinski the directing rights or get, have him direct it and I'm sure they'd sign on. Oh, yeah. It's like, here, we want you to play this. Dude, he was almost Captain America. I know. It's so weird thinking about how 10 years ago, everyone's like, Jim from The Office is Captain America. And now everyone's like, wait, he's Jim in The Office? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's kind of, we flipped. It's like, he's now Jack Ryan. He's some badass action hero. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, But... Yeah, I think my my summation is like because I had been thinking about the whole the thing I brought up the whole meme blockbuster right. thing for like the week leading up, but it's just more I I I think the big caveat is I do enjoy these films I really do like right. it it's just more of a I hate using this phrase but I feel like it's almost perfect as I enjoy these movies for what they are right and I'm not gonna sit there and bitch and moan that they're not some artistic artistic piece and again i think that's the difference between marvel and star wars is that star wars is willing to do a narrative depth that right 
I, I'm not saying that Marvel couldn't do it, but Marvel has. I think I think it's part of the to get really deep into it. I think it's part of the fact that modern blockbusters make more money overseas, right? And so that means you aren't necessarily going to do. You have to keep. It's not that the audience isn't capable of understanding it as much as they literally don't speak English in some cases. Right. To where you can't do a crazy. But I will say story. I will say that. The idea of the Black Widow prequel film is a perfect place to be able to do something a little more artistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's why that film is taken. I think it's both a good thing and a bad thing. Obviously, it's a bad thing because of the diversity stuff. Like, she should have had a solo film a long time ago. Yes. Because she is such an interesting character and, like, someone that hasn't really been explored. But I think that it's also a great thing. And I think Scarlett Johansson talked about it in an interview, too, of, like, she the film wouldn't be what it the Scarlett Johansson or the Black Widow solo film wouldn't be what it's gonna be if she didn't have this twelve years to be with the character. Yeah, right. And so I think that because Marvel spends so much of Marvel's time is spent setting up other films or setting up new characters, where you don't have time for that depth that you yeah. want. Because like the way the Star Wars is able to do that because you sit with these characters for so long, right? You understand like you have each. You're not trying to introduce something new, right? You're just telling the the arc of this character. Yeah. Where with something like a Black Widow prequel film, we know who this character is. We know her story, so now we can see where she comes from, and then that's a time for you to really explore and play. Yeah, I think that's kind of been my personal thought to about marvel going forward is they've spent is this the point where from now on they're just going to keep the status quo or is this the point where they've laid so much groundwork down where they can pivot and they can go deeper and if they do that i think then great more power to them that's the kind of thing i would like to see but it's also, again, one of the reasons why I think the main criticism of them being formulaic comes up. Right. And I think I think it's Marvel spent so much time building the city, right? And I yeah. think it's building the city, giving, you know, getting water, getting you know, waste management, getting electricity, getting everything set up in the city and getting everything down to where now you can add a cultural center. You can add you know a, a nice park and you can you can really kind of play up this entire you can thing. build up the entire city and then when you get tired of it like in sim city or in city skylines you can just throw a meteor at it when you're done <sighs> and that's avengers five <laughs> <laughs> uh any any other thing else on endgame uh i really want a a marvel like one-off or one-shot of Captain America going back to put in the Soul Stone and seeing seeing the Red Skull and going, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Here's my thing. The moment he went back and I was like, oh, please, 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 please. Because first off, uh, Chris Evans has um, started to get bigger into directing. Yeah. It's like, give him a Captain America film set. Oh, him putting the stones back? No, 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 no. Not of him putting the stones back. I want like a 1950s, 1960s Captain America where he has to be, he has to be like undercover because he can't reveal that he's Steve Rogers, but he's still freaking Captain America doing some secret thing for S.H.I.E.L.D. for Peggy where she can't even tell like, where they're like super, I kind of want to see that. 
I want that to happen. That. I'm totally down for that. And the cool thing about that idea is you can wait like 10 years to do it. Yeah. Give him a break and then be like, hey, hey. Do I have want, an idea. Do you want do you want the shield back? <laughs> <laughs> but dude, no, I want I wanted and it, it wouldn't have fit, right? It wouldn't have fit at all and it wouldn't it would have ruined the tone. But man, the moment of him putting the soul stone back and Red Skull coming out and being like and him going, Oh, what the fuck? Where did yeah. you come from? <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> It's like, oh, God. <laughs> I wonder what, I honestly, it's like, would this dead Red Skull just be like, because he's kind of like the, just the keeper of the yeah. the temple, I guess. Would that keeper be like, oh, shit, it's Captain America? Or would the keeper be like, look, I, I'm just like a shell of who I was. <laughs> like, <laughs> no need to pop. Okay, you punch me in the face. I don't think I don't think he'd go straight to funny. I think it'd just be a conversation, like a really funny conversation that I would have wanted to see. Didn't I kill you in forty five? Right, <laughs> stuff like that. Right, I would have loved to see that, uh, uh-huh. but obviously it wouldn't have worked. And uh, yeah, I, I'm curious where they go from here. But yeah. I, I think that with them moving to doing these Disney Plus shows, I think that's really going to help them. Uh, I think the Disney Plus shows are going to be awesome. I think. I think just the, Disney Plus. I can't wait for November. Oh, yeah. Dude, Mandalorian is going to be great. Did you watch that teaser finally? No, I still need to watch oh, the teaser. So good. But, oh, that's so good. Yeah. I can't guess... Wait. Is there anything else, though? No, I'm good. So, yesterday was May the 4th. We were originally going to try to do some stuff, but basically my schedule got in the way of what I wanted to do. Um, but there's some stuff underway that would have been on May the 4th that might come up in the future. That's a wink and a nod to future ideas. Yeah. But um, we did, however, want to... James, why don't you roll credits, because we're going to the end. Um, Again, please like, share, subscribe. You can click the bell on YouTube. You can do all the fun things. Uh, If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at feedback at quality3.net. You can always find out more info at quality3.net as well for upcoming streams and other fancy bits plus show notes. (laughs) 